I gotta make sure I got this right. Hey, how we doing? This is the facts as we started up. Another podcast of the Porcupine and Facts Experience. Get it together as I get it together as I get it. I'm prepared, I think. So, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing out there? This is the Facts and the Porcupine Podcast. Well, you know, this is a weekend. Being together, especially tonight. I got a great individual coming on. I just met him. 24 hours. Tony Beer. He's going to be coming on in a short minute because on his business card, he has everything that we experience. Got a little bit of love here. He's got relationships. Workshop seminars and coaching. So let's wait on our guests. This is the Facts in the Porcupine Podcast. How's everybody doing the Christmas Eve? Man, I know how you guys feel, guys. We all got to share that responsibility. Sometimes you don't fall out on the right date. So relationships are the case in point. Sometimes people don't agree. Really don't know what I'm going to be getting myself into. Oh, it's another podcast of the Porcupine and Facts Experience. Welcome. Well, here we have our guest. We're going to let him get on in. What's up, T? Come on in, sir. How do we do it? Uh, I guess you have to request to come on in. Oh, there it is. Right this is great. Did I do it right? Let's tell it in the game. Let's see if I got it right. This is the facts in the porcupine podcast. Get my invitation? Uh, oh, it's another podcast of the Porcupine and Facts Experience. Welcome. I sent you an invitation. I think you may have to click on something, Tony. Uh, connect with Tony. I want to do that. This is me. I'm here. Okay, I see you. How do I get you in? Allow call. All right, that's it. I'm so sorry. Let me work on this. Because this I'm, I told you before. I was trying to learn this. No, I don't want to get in. Reggie, how do you learn? Invite. You see, my sister helps me with this. Tony helps us out. Are you there, sir? Connect with Tony. Why is it not working? 
sent. Hold on, let's see something. Let me see. I, okay, can you? I'm gonna do it again. Can you hear me? Are you able to hear me, brother? Hello. Oh man. All right. So my sister's not here. Invite as a speaker. No, don't do that. Let me see some. Um, admin. No. Speaker. I just did it. I think we're having a small issue trying to get you in. Uh, what the hell? Hmm. Let me call him on the phone. We're going to do something over the phone. This is live, so let's go. Let's get him in. Okay, can you hear me now? Well, I got you on my phone, and I'm hitting the, I'm, I'm sending you an invitation to get in. Are you seeing that? No, and I accepted it a couple of times. Why ain't the heck it coming? We're working. What the heck is going on? I don't know, man. Are you on your cell phone? You on your phone? You're on your phone now. So yeah. I, I sent another invitation. What is freaking going on? I, I accepted all. I think you sent me three. All I did. I, I I'm trying to figure out. Let's see. We're going to get this. To, well, I'm. Oh my God. I don't know what's going on, but I'm looking at the app. And I think you sent me another invitation. Uh huh. Tony Veer is a speaker now. But. Okay. Why? But I'm on. You're on the phone. Yes, I am. So let me let me let me hang up and see something for one minute. I'm so sorry. Okay. Technical issue. Can you hear me now, sir? Hold on. Let me make sure we got the right. Uh, I'm good on this end. I got the other guy in the other day. How do I get Tony in? Reggie, wait a minute. All right, let me see. We're gonna see something right now. Hold on. This is madness. No. Uh, well, I tell you, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Well, hold on. Give me one second. I'm just working this kink out. One message. I'm here. I see you. How do we get you in? I'll put you in. I don't want a profile. I want him to. I don't know how to do it. Oh, man. Well, we 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 can give me one. One minute. One minute. Let me see something. Let me see why he's not coming in. Let me make a phone call for my sister. She should know. Uh, damn it. Let me see. All right, give me one second, T. Why ain't this working? She won't answer the phone. Are you? I can't hear you. That's the problem. Are you reach Michelle? Anyway.
I think we could do it through the app because I don't know what the hell I'm clicking you in. Yeah, no, and I'm texting you. You see my my message, right? Let me see. Uh, yeah, um, well, you sent me. I got. Um, oh, I'm downloading. The, oh, you got to download the app. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, 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 you don't want to do that. Oh, you on the app? So why? Let me go on my regular phone then. Okay. It, it'll be better. I guess we have to do it that way. Uh, let me see what happens. Okay. Um, I'm live, but okay. I'm on the phone. You hear me, sir? Okay. I hear you just fine. You hear me? Oh, wow. That's great. Then you know what? What, what a bonehead I am. <laughs> well, I would love to thank you and welcome you to the Facts in the Porcupine podcast, Tony. Vera, right? Did I say right? Yes. Yes. And um, I like, um, you're like, I believe the third, well, we, we coming on this way, third, fourth guest, so to give people a chance to do it, because I don't know why the phone didn't, I guess the phone, oh, I know what happened. The phone probably clicked on when I hit the computer and took over the, you know, they want you to use the iPhones. I hate it, but it's fine. I got on, I love your business card in respect to the people that I do believe that listens to me and yes. your incredible download and what I see, I believe that when people download your your site the way yours is, they appreciate what you're putting there for them to listen. It's clean, it's helpful, and it's safe to um, know that it's coming from somebody with a good heart. That's what I see. That's what I got out of looking at your site so far. Okay. Now, the business card has love, relationship, let me get my glasses, and life purpose, right? Did I say it right? Yes. Yeah. Let us know a little bit about yourself, even though we met less, in less than 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, in 2007, I discovered uh, in a personal development classroom, the classroom leader asked a question that he still does not believe he really asked but I can't forget it because it changed my life forever. He asked this crazy question. The question was, what was the sacred oath you made with yourself before you was born? And what are you doing about it? And as soon as I heard that question, I started to cry because all of a sudden I knew what my life purpose was, the sacred oath I made with myself before I was born. And I knew that I wasn't doing anything about it, which is what really made me cry. And so my brain works in different ways. Everybody's, not everybody, but there's multiple different ways the way our brain works. Some of us are always looking for solutions. Some of us got these ideas that pop up into our head. Some of us are trying to protect ourselves. Some of us just want to lie. It's just crazy the way our brain works. That's like we got narcissists, okay? So anyway, um, my brain is what I call an epiphany brain, where I get like seven, eight, nine ideas all at the same time. And, um, you know, I saw that my life purpose, the sacred oath I made before I was born, was to have love present on the planet. And I, like, I cried because I was like, wow. I mean, I know I was a romantic guy and I was a ladies' man and, you know, I had all of this stuff going on, but I did not know that that was my purpose. And I found out when I saw that that I've been living that life since I was five years old. Now, can I ask you a question? Sure. When will one know and create one's life purpose? Because you just said five. So was you, did you actually think about this? Or is this just something, you know, you would add to the to the notion to think that you have 
you're missing out on your life purpose. How do how how and it, and if that's the case, how do we create a life purpose if we don't have one? Well, I'm gonna say it like this: everybody has one. Okay. Everybody was born with one, and so the question is: Did you ever find out, discover it, connect to it? Okay. Because what happens is this: uh, people, children, the reason why they're so happy is because before they have their first heartbreak is because everywhere they look, they see what their life purpose is, even though they don't have the language for it. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. Yes, sir. For my own self. So I was uh, in my family, I was born in 1958. So when I was in my family, all the men wore sharp suits, sharp hats, and all of this stuff. So Easter Sunday, 1963, I'm four years old. I'm sitting in the back seat of the car. If anybody's listening, this is before they had seatbelts. <laughs> I um, believe you. Uh -huh. I'm sitting in the back seat of the car, sitting next to the window on the right hand side of the car, in the back. And um, all of a sudden, and I had my super, I had my super uh, Sunday Easter Sunday suit on with my hat and all of that. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm here, super sharp. First time I wore this outfit, I'm all happy, right? So I'm sitting in there, and then I saw something that I never thought I would ever see. There was cartoon commercials. There's a commercial with a cartoon of a something they call a sponge car, a car that somebody would drive without a rooftop. Uh, but it was a sponge car. It was, but it was a cartoon. And on Easter Sunday, going down, driving down the FDR Drive on the east side of Manhattan, I saw the sponge car outside out my window. <laughs> I'm like. Oh my God, I never thought that was possible. Hey, everybody, look at the sponge car. My sponge car. Hey, God, look at the sponge car. I can't believe the sponge car. Sponge car screaming, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody thought that this four adults my mom, my dad, my aunt, and her boyfriend, they're sitting in the front seat. Me and my sister and my two cousins sitting in the back seat. And nobody's paying attention to me. I think my mom might have said, I'm not sure. She might have said, you know, you should. Uh, don't stick your head out the window. I think she said that. I'm not 100% sure. They would always say that, yes. <laughs> so I'm watching her drive by the car, and then I saw the car, and I looked out the window, and then my hat flew out the window. Oh, no, you got to get my hat. My hat flew out the window. My hat, my hat. For about 30, 40 seconds, I'm screaming at the top of my nose. You got to get my hat. Nobody's saying anything. That's because the adults are cracking up at each other, telling jokes in front of the car. Okay. And after a while, I had the heartbreak of my lifetime. And I didn't notice until after 2010 why I was crying so much. I mean, I made a decision about myself, but what made me cry was I realized that I have two life purposes. One is to have love present on the planet. The other one is to leave humanity, leave people better than I found them. And they didn't leave me better than they found me by not getting my hat. I cried my eyes out. That was like, I was crushed for decades after that. Wow. And so I did not notice, but I also see this in other people, you know, as, as I'm watching them, I'm listening to them. I'm like, yeah, they don't even know what their life purpose is until they lose it. But how, how, so if I have a newborn baby. Yes. Do I impose a loving word? to pray that my child or when they get christianing do that where, where how do you how do you if you didn't if you never knew about the I've, I've never you know i mean i'm quite sure I, i've everybody that wants something in life will aim to have a purpose to get it but for the for this for the sake of not having one how do you you know i mean you would be missing out and when will it start like you said, you said at five and now you may be a little older. Not to dissect everything to be, I'm just curious, you know, because um, that's interesting because for that, 
then we better start getting in gear for children that we do know that, or people that never, we don't think they have a life purpose because they're not doing what we think is correct. Is that, could that be anything like yeah. that? Yeah, so what happens is this. Somewhere between, as early as two, but usually between four and seven, uh, kids end up having the crush of their lifetime, but they don't realize how bad it is. And the adults don't know it either, especially moms. Dads, males can tell how bad a kid is feeling when they feel bad, better than women can. Women are really better at trying to get, at trying to pe- make people take actions that they want them to take. We're not good at strategizing and, and, and making people do things what we want to do as well as women are. But uh, women can't see what's really going on as well as, they, as we can. That's why they're so good at making things go the way they want them to go. They make us act the way they want us to act, at least for a temporary moment. So when a baby, a young child, is crushed, heartbroken, we can see how deep their, their emotions are, even though we don't have the whole, whole lot to do with it. So we, all we do is pick them up, hug them until they stop crying, and that'll heal them. But since, since uh, moms don't know, women don't understand the impact of an emotion, can't really tell how deep somebody's emotions is, but they know how to get you to change your emotions. Um, they can't see the impact, and so they don't help her with the impact, and they don't get stuck with it. And it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, by the way, I'm a spiritual channeler. My spirit told me that. I did not observe that on my own, though. We, we, um, we had somebody on yesterday that dealt with cards. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna leave. We're gonna wait on that because I, since you said that, now you done, because all of this healing and relationship thinking and advice giving and so on and so forth, you have to have either the the academic astute. You know, you took. You know, hopefully that blends with experience. You can believe in Kama Sutta for whatever the purpose is. I'm just using that as a, you know, a kick point. Sure, sure. And um, so now, when do you say like, when do you, you, you well, the, you can come across, does, so if you're going to hand me a card, you hand me a card, I'm like, damn, you know, I got a problem with my relationship, you know. Out of the three or the four things, I mean, I took, relationships because hopefully everyone has a relationship with someone and especially themselves so with that being said how do you begin to um all right tell me about the love part you you called yourself a casanova earlier (laughs) so do you help people identify that in themselves male female trans gay straight you name because I have anything against gay or lesbian, but they, if, if I'm not gay or lesbian, they have a hard time listening to me, so I don't, I don't deal with Well, that. I just use it as, do you cater to everyone's needs? You know, that's all yeah, I got. Anybody, anybody that's open to listening. And it really doesn't matter whether you're gay, straight, or whatever. If your ass got correct. the same problem as the next person, or similar, it's just different type of person, be whatever, but the heart is the same. Yeah. Now, you got some hearts that love hard, you got some soft hearts, but the heart, when somebody starts playing with the artery part of the heart, the, the love, yes. the, the, the emotion part, whether it's whoever the hell you are, black, white, that's when the shit happens. So that right. you can go on. Okay, so uh, what I found out is, um, by the way, I grew up uh, in, in the South Bronx, but I also grew up in the school of hard knocks. 
and uh, I finally graduated from the school. But it took me fifty, almost sixty years to graduate. Dad on it. All right. Um, I, there's a book out called Mastery by Robert Greene. He's the same guy that did the Twenty Four Rules of Seduction, the Forty Eight Laws of Power. And when I was reading it, it felt like he was writing about he was talking about my life story. Except he never used my name. Anyway, getting to the bottom of this, there is um, there is there is six major problem categories in relationships. And when you understand them, you can make a relationship work. How you know this, and I'll tell you what those categories are in a minute. How you know this is by watching people that's been married, happily married, thrilled to pieces for 30 years or longer. Those people actually know how to make relationships work, but they don't know how to explain it and teach it to anybody. But the, so there's the six problem areas. And so those six problem areas in order of importance and impact is one, not knowing who you are a thousand percent. You don't know your life purpose. You don't know what you're about. You don't know why you're here. You're going to have a hard time because I found out that there's only two types of couples, two people who know who they are and they can see who other people are. Because when you know who you are, you can see yourself in others. Uh, you know, you heard, I'm sure you heard a term back in the day, game, recognized game. That's what that Yeah, is. okay. Right. And then the second uh, type of relationship is two people who don't know who they are and they depend on the other person to make them happy. And then they get mad because you don't understand me enough to make me happy. What's wrong with you? Because they don't, neither one of them knows themselves. Because people who know who they are, they, if they get in a relationship or they start messing around with somebody who does not know who they are, they're like, nah, you ain't ready for a relationship, but they leave alone. <laughs> well, well, when they say you ain't ready for a relationship, because they're looking for something in right. that. So, you know, so that's this. Match. Yeah, yeah. They, well, like I said, you know, like, oh, shit, you ain't ready for this. Or. You you know you go out that first night she burps you know I'm, I mean it's just whatever it is but I got you and yeah. game recognize game and um, I guess that's true too <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly you already know that's what I'm losing so that's that's the first biggest number one problem that's the second problem the number two problem is not knowing what love really is because here's the deal I looked up dictionary I looked up uh, love in the dictionary in 2008 I started doing newsletter. And I found out there was 76 different definitions of love. Come on, man. How are you going to have, how are you going to know love is we got so many definitions that you can't, you can't run to refine it and define it. Tell us it's the so most funny. outrageous one that they mentioned. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could remember, bro. <laughs> okay, no problem. But it was, you know, all kind of stuff. And then, you know, the thing about love is this love is an experience. Right. When you really experience love, like your mom loves you, you know, like sometimes people first first uh, real uh, love experience when their parents are, are dying and they finally sit down and have a real intimate intimate conversation, and mom tells himself herself all herself and blah blah blah, and you realize how much you loved her and how much you loved you your whole life. Sometimes that's the first time people experience love. Sometimes it's their high school sweetheart, but when you really experience love, it becomes a overall physical spiritual connection emotion impact it's like it's in you forever even if you're not present to it and so people don't know what that is or what it looks like and because they don't know what love is they don't know how to choose the right somebody to be with is it is it emotional okay all right so i'm gonna break it down to two, yeah. two components the emotional side is it yeah. can it be done emotionally and can it be done physically it's expressed physically, but it is experienced as a as an emotion. When it says expressed, is physically expression or uh, verbally expression? 
Well, it could be expressed in a million different ways. Okay, cool. What I found out is that, and I was reading this one of the books I would highly recommend, a book series called Conversations with God. Conversations with God? Yes. Okay. The name of the book is the, the, the book series is by a guy named Neil Donald Walsh. Okay. And in the book, so what's happened, the book series is about Neil asking God questions, interviewing God uh, for the rest of us. He's asking questions that we want to know. God is answering us. Uh -huh. it's, it's so enlightening, but also hilarious at some points, you know. So, uh, but anyhow, he asked God what love is. And, love, and God told him that love is everything all connected together. Just like white, the color white is all colors together. You put them all together, you have white. That's what it is. And then, so love is all the emotions, all the experiences, all the principles combined turns into love. Love is everything all at once because that's who God is. It's all everything. And so when I was reading, I was like, wow, that's fascinating. And, and so what I experienced is I've had some loving experiences that I could never forget. That's how I know what love is. First one was with my high school sweetheart. I met her uh, a couple of weeks before we turned, both turned 17. We were born nine days apart, same year. Um, and then uh, I, I remember my mom passed him away, getting ready to pass away. I remember, you know, taking care of her when she was in her last uh, couple mm -hmm. months with him. Uh, I had a moment with my dad where I was about to kill him, and then I realized how much he loved me. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get him somewhere ever again. Um, and I've even had spiritual experiences where it felt like the love just walked down me, like I got, tra I got, you know how they say, um, um, you got captured by some spiritual entity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I know what love feels like, what it looks like, you know, how they experience it. But most people haven't, and people who've been married together for more than thirty years, they may not be able to explain love. But the only reason why they ask because the love is so present, they can't. It never goes away. Well, you gave three components, like the first one. No, obviously, the the most um immediate one would be mom you know you you start to realize that this person may not be with you and you you these emotions of caring and love for for that person comes out that's one yep. and that's that's an obvious that's in your face right there yes and then the next one is when you really want to bust a, you know you 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 think you're ready for your dad and whatever the whatever brought one's person to that point you want to bust them up, but then you know what? That respect, and then you know I really love my father. But the yes. high school sweetheart one, yes. yes, for me, just to throw it out there, would be like, is it reminiscent of the people that you were with, and did you really realize now, man, I love that girl. You know, I took, you know, she took care of me. That man, vice versa. Is that is that it as well? Because if you well, once you married after thirty years, you're almost like in a life sentence. Well, yeah, but it's a love sentence. Right. That's why. Yeah, yeah. You got to love the person to be there that long. That's that's right, that's right. the actual fact. Yeah. So my, my high school sweetheart, uh, I met her on a bus trip, uh, church trip. Because um, I grew up. I don't know if you know this guy. I grew up with uh, Reverend Ike's church. I heard of Reverend Ike, the one that yeah. in Brooklyn. No. 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 I I heard of Reverend Ike. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I there's yeah. another guy that. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, Dr. Reverend Ike. Dr. Frederick J. Hacker, called a better known than Okay. <laughs> on 175th Street in So I met her on one of the bus trips, and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't talk to her until after we was on the way back home. And I sat next to her because she was all sitting by herself, and she was cute. I sat next to her, we started talking, and after 45 minutes, we both knew we were going to be in a relationship. We just, we didn't say <laughs> that. We just felt the vibes. We was looking at each other and, like, you know, it was like real love all of an instant, you know? And so we was together for four and a half years. 
And uh, when she met my dad, she realized I'm probably like him, and that's when she left me alone. Lord have mercy! Whoa! <laughs> it, took me, it took me almost two decades to get over. I'm just believing you, man. So wait a minute. She looked through him to see you. <laughs> yeah, she she knew that uh, I wasn't around my dad. She's like, Hi, listen, you, you need to have a dad around because for some reason she felt like I wasn't ready. So she she said, I got to meet your dad. Let's meet your bad dad because my mom left my dad when I was five. And uh, I didn't meet him until well, she well, if she she was looking for a unit, probably. Yeah, she was looking for me to be with her, but she wasn't. No, no, no. I'm talking about he was. She was probably looking to see if your mother and father was together. No, was that? The, was... No, no. She already knew we wasn't together, but but she was in no. She didn't have a problem with that because her mother and father was together, but her father was around her all the time. Well, so, so she expected that to happen with me, and then when she saw that he was, he was, you know, my dad was uh, uncontrollable and out of out of thing. And when I after after three months of meeting him, I went and talked to my mom and said, "Hey, mom, I hate to say this, mom, but uh, you did the right thing." because <laughs> he wasn't ready but that's beside the point you know um but far as you and your relationship she you guys were only together for four years though yeah i know i know but she wasn't ready to get married i was ready to marry her please man I, 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 listen she could be in a wheelchair and, and you were going to marry her well you didn't ask her though no, but I wanted, I did, I, I did tell her I wanted to get married. I thought we was going to get married. She was like, oh, no, I ain't ready to get married. No time. So no, All right, so then that, that's that's the answer. Okay, cool. That, that crushed me, but listen, she was the love of my life, period, and the story, like, to this day, even to some degree. Like, I've gotten over it, but yeah. I can never forget it. You know what I mean? Like, so you did get over You got over it. But, yeah. So would you have been married with that particular person if that didn't happen? Or if you never met your father, you would have been married for 30 years with her? Yeah, yeah, I'd have but, been married for that. Like I said, she could have been 400 pounds and in a wheelchair. I still loved her like she was a hot potato. Was it because of her mental conversation or mental state or her just? It, 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 it was our emotional connection. Okay, cool. Connection. Okay, cool. She was the bomb, and she was really pretty, you know. Like she wasn't like you know somebody that should be winning, you know, this universe. But she was the kind of face I could look at for fifty years for real. Wow. So, uh, but anyhow, that didn't work out. But I also know why it didn't work out ultimately because my spirit, like I said, I'm a spiritual channel. My spirit, my spirit told me why that was not gonna happen. Why it didn't happen. You ready? I'm listening. It didn't happen because that was supposed to make me hungry enough to learn relationship to the degree that I do now. That was like the, 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 the you know, horse, try, uh, horse try chasing. So basically, you lost the prize, and now you should be very con um, careful moving forward to not lose another? Well, not so much. It's about how to learn, how to teach everybody else how to make relationships work. Really? That was the real key. Okay. Because I actually had to go out. I was so hungry. I was looking for her over and over again for <laughs> decades. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a successful ladies' man. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'm not going to give you no numbers, but... Uh... <laughs> but let me ask you a question. Do Is one of your... um When you do get someone that you assisting the number one thing is you go hey has she ever met your father and they say no well keep it that way no, i'm just joking <laughs> just joking that's funny actually I, <laughs> I might have to use that this is the facts no that's patent this is the facts in the 45 <laughs> So I still got to get to the other four. Good. I'm, I'm, we're waiting. Yes, yes, yes. So, so problem area number three. Okay. Is not understanding gender differences. Will you repeat that again? I need, I'm sorry. I said I said the number three problem. Yes. The six problem categories in relationships is not understanding gender differences. How many women think? 
And this applies even to uh, gay, lesbian, LGBTQ community because men and women, I don't care what their sexual orientation is, their brain still operates differently. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to understand that, you know, how, how men think differently than women so they can get along because what is happening when I talk about that is people have to learn that relationships really are uh, not two-dimensional, they're three-dimensional. There is you, there's the person that you're with, and then there's the space in between called the relationship mm -hmm. where your minds come together, your emotions come together. So you have to understand yourselves and each other so well that you can come together with your differences and make it work. So that's gender differences. That's problem number three. Problem number four, you would think would be sooner, is not understanding, not managing your emotions. Because people don't remember in the moment that people don't remember, always remember what you said it did, but they always remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest problems of humanity overall is having a lack of emotional intelligence. So I got to teach people how to be responsible with their emotions. That's problem number four. Problem number five is, even though it's problem number five, it, it has the, the biggest tendency to bring all of the problems together all at the same time. This is why relationships seem so complicated to people. Problem number five is not understanding, not knowing how to deal with breakdowns, upsets, surprises disappointments so for example let's say you and your woman are driving up the highway and you get a flat tire you pull over because women are worried about safety and security more than anything else and men are worried about success more than anything else she's going to be having emotional differences because she's going to be feeling unsafe and insecure she needs you to make her feel safe and that, but that's a gender difference issue and an emotional issue while you're over there trying to be successful and you know, trying to hurry up and get heck out of it and take your emotions out of it, right? And so, you'll end up having two other problems emotions and gender differences. And then, if you don't know what love is, and you gotta wonder if why she, why she don't love me, if she loved me, she would be trusting me, right? Or whatever. So, now you got that, and then you got the sixth biggest problem area, which most people think is the first problem area. No, it's the sixth, which is ineffective communication, okay. So y'all be talking the same, using the same word, but with different contexts. You, you've seen that image on, on Facebook or somewhere, an image where one person's pointing down and says six, the other one's pointing down and says nine, and they look at the same thing from different angles. You see right. Right. That's what happens when you don't understand all of that stuff. And now the problem is this, with the uh, fifth problem area about the, the categories, you know, not understanding um, how to deal with breakdowns, upsets, broken pipes, bills unpaid, stuff like that, um, not making having your life work, uh, then you're gonna have you're gonna say, well dad, I fixed the tire I fixed the tire. How can you still upset? <laughs> yeah. because, because the emotions are there and the gender difference is there and I don't know who I am and I don't know what love is so I don't know if you even love me or not. And so you got all of that stuff going on at the same time. And then ineffective communication is people only talk when they come to a conclusion. That's the only reason why words come out of a person's mouth. And so, <laughs> excuse me, if you don't know how to make agreements and you don't know how to understand, listen to the other person's sense that you can understand 100%, you're going to have communication problems. So there's a billion different problems in relations, but they all fit inside of one or more of those six areas. Hmm. Now, when you said most of the people said to you that number six should be number one, why do you think they said that? Because without communication, how could you have a relationship? But why is it number six, though? Because those other ones, 
Oh, of course it's probably number six. So if there was no issues with the five, there wouldn't be a need to have a six? No, we would still communicate. We just wouldn't have any problems getting in the way of communication. Okay. And then the other communication part would be if there's a flat tire. Nine out of ten, most women ain't getting out the car because they don't want help. So exactly but if you get out the car, right? but if you get one that get out the car then you going you you know that's what's going to happen and then she's going to get the you know she'll get the jack no you hey you want to do it do you shit go ahead <laughs> all right look ahead <laughs> so so um one of the things that i do i have a, I have a course that, that actually handles this particular issue that we just talked about the six proper areas i call it the science of relationships the the, the foundation okay the reality, excuse me, the reality of happily ever after. Because people expect relationships to work, but they don't know how to handle the problems. And so the relationships don't work because people get tired of dealing with problems they don't know how to handle. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be doing this on uh, January 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be an eight-week uh, seminar. And uh, I'm charged seven ninety nine dollars for it. Um, but it's totally worth it. I've been doing it since 2014, and I've helped people get married out of it. I help people get out of relationship problem areas, and I help them be able to find or recognize the right person because uh, I got some, some tools in there. But that's the that is the fundamental part of it. The second part of it was that um, of relationship issues that I'm glad that I learned is that we have relationships. Where, like everything about life is, uh, is uh, has a life cycle. Mm-hmm. Right, so we go from you know infant to senior citizen in our life, where everybody knows it. Until we don't really understand it until we got out of that stage of the cycle. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So, um, and then so um, there's a relationship life cycle that's fundamental, and then there is um, uh, about seven other life cycles in there. So one of them is the engagement life cycle. One is the marriage life cycle. One is the parenthood life cycle. So it's a bunch of life cycles. Mm-hmm. We don't realize how scientifically designed relationships are oh yeah strategically planned and set out for either be the man or the female no right it is designed that way because we are designed to go that way the people don't realize that we just think it is supposed to be like you know the fantasy uh you know cartoon movies um you know alice in wonderland and you know beauty and the beast and all that stuff it always turns out great in the end no mm-hmm. it's not luck no you gotta work it you gotta understand how to work it all right. And you do, you'll be thrilled to pieces. Well, this is the facts in the porcupine podcast. So now these porcupines that I have that you know, we just use that as a metaphor, but it, you know, we have stingers. Um what makes you so they can be clear and they're comfortable to know that the knowledge and the experience is coming, that you are you you know, because some people like when like me as a painter, like how do you know what you're doing? I've been doing this for that amount of years. This boom, boom, boom. So, is this any kind of degree stuff you need to have? To did you you did you educate yourself and your background brings you to this point? It's almost like being a therapist, no? Uh, to some degree, but there's a difference between therapy, coaching, and okay. education. Okay. So let me tell you the difference. Can you break? Yeah, yeah. Because you got you do three. You know, you do the coaching. When I read, you do the education part. You have an institution, right? No, something like yes, that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Relationship mastery institute. I wanted you to talk about that too. Yes. I am going to talk about that in a minute. So. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. No, no, no. The, the difference between uh, therapy and coaching is that therapists work on fixing your past. Gotcha. They only focus on the past. Coaching 
is designed to teach you how to have a new view of life. Okay. And put actions into place so that you can have a new view of life. And when you have a new view of life, your past disappears okay. naturally. You know, if you ever heard that, of a moment or epiphany, that's what coaches yeah. are supposed to do. Okay, cool. And then sometimes coaches, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, confuse coaching with teaching. You know, because teaching is important too. You know, people need to have new information. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to dissolve their past by giving them the new future, all you're doing is doing some therapy and some teaching, but you got to give them, you got to give them a new brain. Right. So that's what you got to give you something to work with, basically, right? Right, right. Actions to take and new views of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. So, yeah. So, um, um, that was good I, that you, you explained coaching versus therapy because sometimes people could be mixed up with the wrong person and then they feel like no, no services was rendered because you came to me with this too much stuff. I think you need to go talk to somebody that can level that down and then you can come and I can mend you up, you know, or something like that. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I am a, uh, PhD in the school of hard docs when it comes to relationships. <laughs> you took crazy. <laughs> so I had uh, I had four coaches that I didn't even know what that was yet from age eight to age twenty three. And uh, the first time I ever experienced real relationship education, I was eight years old. I was living in Cape May, New Jersey, with this babysitter named Miss Ivy. I can say her name, she's no longer walking the planet. And uh, so um, I, I was eight and I was sleeping in the boys' room because she was a baby. She was like, you know, the, the big babysitter in the neighborhood. And uh, so I was sleeping in the boys' room and uh, my godfather, his name was Craig, who was 15 at the time, uh, he happened to walk out the bedroom at about two o'clock in the morning. I'm looking at him. He said, he waves his hand, come in. So I follow him into the bedroom and he goes into the girls' room. And he gets in the bed and lays down and starts making out with his girlfriend, Debbie. He didn't have sex. They just make it out. And I would, he would go there every night. And he dragged me in there for two weeks. And I'm looking at this. And the lesson that I got was, oh, girls like boys. Wow. <laughs> the first relationship lesson I ever really got. But he wanted to make sure you, was he was he grooming you to be a good, well, that's where you got the casting openness, right? That was the beginning, for sure. No, I have mercy. I, I didn't have any doubts. I really liked men. So that was for sure. I was eight years old. I got that lesson. I don't know. I think that was the old-fashioned way of making sure that their sons and cousins and nephews go, hopefully, you know, whatever way. Yeah, I'm not sure what he was thinking that had me do that. He don't remember doing it, but I talked to him last year. Ah, uh, <laughs> you saw me last night, son. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's not appropriate these days. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like that was in the sixties, so we don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, in addition to, um, so from the fourth grade until uh, two thousand, fourth mm. grade. So let me see. I must have been ten years old. It must have been nineteen sixty-seven, sixty-eight until nineteen until two thousand. I didn't do any homework, and I played hooky the whole time, man. I was just hanging out. I would pass my classes because I, I, I learned so much in the class. I didn't need to do nothing else, man. I was a smart guy. <laughs> but uh, uh, from um, 16 or 17, I started partying my butt off, man. I, I would just go in from like 1976 until like, like seven, eight years. I was at the disco clubs like three nights, three mm -hmm. nights a week, three weekends a month, man. 
And so I learned how to meet women, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> how to get them, get their phone number and all of that stuff. So I became a master for that career out. Um, and then um, I also, I'm a reader, big time reader. So I've read over 3,700 books in my life. Like my brother, man. He, maybe you should come on the book show because we had our first book. Um, my brother wrote a little book, so we brought him on, and that's what we want to try to do. Damn, that's a lot of books, man. I know. And then also, uh, personal development. You read 3,000. Over 3,700 books. I got 470 books on my uh, phone. All right, so you read 3,769 books more than me. Wow. And then uh, I also uh, took a lot of personal development training courses. I took at least three courses from eight different companies. And uh, I've been keeping track of my hours. I spent uh, over 37,000 hours in personal development training. Damn. But what was the purpose? You needed that yourself? No. Or you just uh, wanted to be equipped to give all your best information and advice to people? Well, I fell in love with learning, man, so I couldn't stop learning. Really? Okay. Yeah, one of my, listen, one of my, um, I have this thing, somebody gave me this, this title in the, the 2019. I was coaching somebody. He said, you know, we was having a conversation. He was in one of the classes that I was writing for how to be a coach. And uh, I, I gave him some of my advice, my personal experience advice. And uh, he said, man, you got a lot of Tony-isms. I said, ooh, I like that name, man. So I, uh, now I got Tony-isms. So I've been keeping track of my Tony-isms. I got over 150 Tony-isms, bro, for real. Yeah. Which is philosophical quotes, you know, like philosophical quotes you can live with. Everybody's got their own isms, so I want to help everybody discover and identify their own isms. But one of my isms, one of my Tony-isms is, I cannot wait to find out how much smarter I'm going to be two weeks from now. That's that, number one. That's neat. Yeah, but another one is, I know that I'm really, really smart. I mean, really smart, but I ain't that smart. And how I know this is because until I can create my own solar system by myself, <laughs> I, that's a more learning to do. That's a, that's, yeah, that's a lot of learning. Yeah, yeah I know. No. You remember, you remember uh, Lucy Ball? Uh, um, I love Lucy. Yeah. Back in the day. I remember, you remember when, uh, when Desi Arnaz used to say, Lucy, you got a lot, you got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> That's what I say. I say, is that I got a lot of learning to do. Now, <laughs> now, when you, when, so now with these six points, yeah. and as you, you know, how, how do you help folks? Because I was looking at your page and you got a lot of people following you. And I mean, you know, like the down, you know, just checking everything out. And is that because you have had um, a consistency of what you do? And Yes. Yes. I've been working very hard at supporting people around relations since I first figured this out in 2007, 2008. So uh, I found out that God wanted me to be a, a coach in 2006, but I didn't take it seriously until 2008. <laughs> took okay. Me two years, took me two years to get the message. But ever since then, I've been um, uh, writing. I had two different newsletters over the years. Uh, since 2004, when I created my first workshop, I've created 30 different workshops, trainings. Um, I have, uh, like, I think I got like nine or 10 ebooks. I can't remember how many, because so I haven't turned them all into Wow. Paperback, you know, the, right, it makes the sense. Talk, makes sense. I got about, about 10 ebooks. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've been, 
out that the best way for me to deal with people, at least on social media, is a couple of things. One, I need to know am I talking to rookies, intermediates, or advanced people? When you buy rookies, what's a rookie? First three years in a relationship, you got they already complaining? No, no. A rookie is somebody that don't know nothing about relationships and they just hope that things work out. They don't know how to figure it out. They never even tried to learn. They're like they're like infants in, in, in terms well, is, of Well, do, do you consider a relationship two people hanging out together, kissing? Or I mean, whether you take those two people hanging out, how did what is a relationship? It's the mindset. Well, you got to get together, though. You know, I mean, you, you know, you meet somebody. Hey, you want to go out? Next thing you know, you're going out again. Then you're going out again. You know. Right, right, right. Okay, so, so let me give you the relationship life cycle, and then I'll go back to where I was coming from. Okay, cool. So there's a relationship life cycle. It's an overall life cycle. It's fundamental for all the stages of relationships. And so, because um, they last, whether you're married, you're single, you're just dating, whatever. But they all, you got to go through all ten of these to be successful. So the first stage is to meet somebody. Hi, how you doing? Perfect. Se- second stage is infatuation. Wow, this person is amazing. Perfect. Okay. Third stage, which often happens at the same time as the second stage, but it's a separate stage, is lust. I want to eat this person alive, right? <laughs> then the fourth stage is sex. Then the fifth stage is the most dangerous one. It's called doubt. It's the doubt stage. Because now that you've got past the honeymoon stage in your whole brain, now you start seeing things about this person you didn't notice before because your infatuation went blind you to that reality. And all of a sudden, you've got these doubts. And if you don't make the doubts go away, it's going to stay there forever. And stage five, you start having doubts. Stage six is... Uh, deciding to be exclusive. Okay, listen, I noticed that this thing you ain't perfect, but uh, okay, let's just stay together. Because when women ask a guy, the well, scariest question I just take and ask a guy when they start to date together is, uh, so where's this relationship going? <laughs> <laughs> you heard that a couple of times, right? <laughs> I heard that a few times. Brother. <laughs> yeah, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Well, let me ask you a question. Has men ever, far as, through your experience, have you ever had a guy ask a woman, where is this going? Uh, I've asked that a couple of times in my past. So, yes, I have to say that's true. You know, and uh, so I get it. But um, anyhow, that's, that's what. But why would saying. anybody ask that? Because it ain't moving and they wanted to. So then that's that conversation then. Right, exactly. Right, so that's the, that's the doubt stage going to the exclusivity. So get on, get it, go, go, let's get the one to, one to five and then ask the question. That's what you're exactly. <laughs> Does that happen on the, so are we speaking male or female doing it in their, in their yes. own way? Yes. Because yeah, yeah. it seems, you know, because men usually, you know what I'm saying? We usually yeah, get the way. question. That's why I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, 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 but the men, you know, a lot of times men want to be with a woman, you know, uh, more more intensely than a woman does. That that's how they get to the friend zone. So you know, it happens both ways. Okay. So uh, six is to be exclusive. Like let's let's just date. You know, we're not dating nobody else. It's going to be ourselves. Number seven stage is blending lives together. Okay. That means you know you know y'all sharing and working together with your money, with your house space, you know, with your time management, all that stuff. How you make this happen? And this is all before marriage, right? Exactly. Oh boy. Blending lives together. Seven stage eight is uh, burying souls, which is extreme intimacy. Bearing souls, you said what again? That's extreme intimacy. Okay, cool. 
yeah, it's like, you know, really tell them on yourself, you know, blah, 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 and all of that, authentic, and all of that. Oh. Um, and then stage nine finally is falling in love, like for real love. And then uh, stage 10 is, will you marry me? It's a proposal. That's stage 10. Once the proposal happens, it changes everything. <laughs> and so those, those stages happen in a relationship, no matter what part or what type of relationship or how long you've been together, you go through those stages. They don't have to all go in the order in which I said them, but they usually do. But you, when, you, so, when you said when you marry me, it almost seems like those stages were just for men, but is there a stages that women do that? Well, I guess if they sleep with you, that means they're telling you something. I got it. All right, so I'll skip that. Yeah, yeah, it's both both ways. And, and, and the, 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 the relationship life cycle I just shared also works when the marriage life cycle, when you're married, you still got to go through the infatuation stage, the doubt stage, the blending lives together stage, all that stuff. So the biggest, three biggest problem areas of, of that is, number one, the biggest problem area is the doubt stage. Because you have to make the doubt go away. It's not going to go away on its own. If you don't try to do something to eliminate the doubt you have about the person you're with, it'll stay there for the rest of your life. It just will. It's not automatically going to go. The second one is blending lives together. So in other words, if somebody's sloppy and somebody's neat, that's a problem. <laughs> if, you remember, if you remember the odd couple, right? The TV show with uh, Oscar Madison and Phil Sunder. <laughs> well, those were those, that those were two two guys, but a man and a woman. I, I mean, a woman. They the only reason why they had that problem because you know the feminine side of that 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 duo, mm -hmm. no different than the woman would be bitching about you dropping your drawers places, right? Exactly. Okay. That's just a, that's a demonstration of what it looks like to play. I got you. Yeah, because it could be about money also, like how you handle the money, you know. That was the biggest problem I had with my first marriage, but I'm not going to go into that very much because, uh, you know. No, no big deal. You, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It could be money. It could be time management. It could be, you know, social structure. It could be love languages. It could be, you know, housekeeping. It could be a lot of things that, that you don't do very well together. And so that's a big problem, too. And you help them solve those problems? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get and you, the, you know. Yeah. Right. And, then, and then the third one is is extreme intimacy or bearing your soul. And so you got to be able to get past those three problem areas. Because the other, the other seven is like fine. Uh -huh. But those, those three are the problem areas you got to be able to deal with it. If you can't be authentic, you can't be vulnerable, you can't be straight hearted about it, then you ain't ready for a relationship. And I think the ultimate one, two ultimate ones, you stole the money and you cheated on me. Right. And right. and 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 I guess over your time you have met people that probably didn't want to leave, or she 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 either she wanted to answer why, or he wanted to answer why, but then they come for help, right? Right. Has that been okay? Cool. Yeah. And you're able to help with that when when that yes. happens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I got to get people to be get connected with their true self first. Right. And uh, once they get connected to true self, they can they can see what's really there for them and that could help them identify it and then get to handling it or transforming it so yeah interesting interesting and yeah because you gotta get real with yourself if you ain't real with yourself you can't get real with nobody else i seen uh let me see something hold on let me get ask you something here um so now the workshops is broken into seven segments right as you mentioned though uh, eight, eight, eight. Eight. How long does that last for people? How long? And uh, 
it's a 90 minutes per session for eight sessions. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and by the way, the session eight um, is, the, is, the, is the solution to all the problems. And there's only five solutions, but I'm not going to say them now because... No, without a doubt. They got to... You know, we, we're just trying to get to know your professional... Um, you know, you, you, you had, when I saw an Institute, I'm like, okay, so I got to find out what the hell this is. It's almost like going to a nudist camp. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm just, it would be nice though. You could teach. No, I'm just joking. Well, this is the first time you met me. So I'm just having a little, you know, loose, yeah, you know, we don't want to be too like, you know, whatever. I'm having a blast. This is awesome. awesome. All right, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. I want to go back to the I found good. So, um, so I discovered through a book called uh, "The Fifth Discipline" by this guy named Peter Senge that there are um, levels of mastery. And what I discovered is that he says there's seven. I say there's ten. Ten levels of mastery. Mm. And so, uh, so I'll, I'll give it to you pretty quickly. Um, level one is. Uh, being a kindergartner, you just going to school for the first time. You don't know about math and all that stuff. Uh, secondly, oh, let me let me say it differently. Uh, uh, level one would be um, learning. You have to learn stuff. You got to mm-hmm. learn enough to be able to know something. Number two is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is going to be experiencing level. Number four is confidence. Um, number five is. Um, um, practice number six is uh, plateau mm-hmm. number seven is creativity mm-hmm. uh, number eight is uh, um, I forget what number eight is I think I missed something in one of them in there but number, but, uh, number ten is mastery and we talk about mastery at the level of if you own a business you can own multiple businesses at the same time level Right. That way. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm looking to see if somebody is uh, just learning the information around relationships or if they've been around relationships but they got a problem they don't know how to handle or they really understand relationships but they got to figure out how to get help this other person or something to that nature. So I listen to their languaging and their languaging tells on themselves. So, as a matter of fact, people don't realize that people tell on themselves all day, every day, and don't know and they try to hide behind this stuff, right? So, so my Facebook page. Most of the people there are rookies. Most of them are there first level because they're like, I don't believe in look or wow, that's so amazing. Or, you know, they're talking from Yeah, but you got five thousand um rookies <laughs> or more. Yeah, a million or something. Actually, yeah, actually I got uh, You showed me three point four you you got a hundred grand. Hundred, hundred. But the one you showed me the three point four mil, what was that? Facebook or was something else? Yeah, it's Facebook. That's Facebook. Yep. Three point mil. I have 83,000 followers. I got 40,000 fans, likes. Uh-huh. And I also have, uh, for this month so far, I've had 36 million people liking my page. Uh, you know, looking at my stuff and, and reacting to it. So, uh, congratulations. Shit. Yeah, I know. It's freaking amazing, man, because uh, you got to know who you're talking to, you know. Within two years? Uh, well, actually, I was, um, I started a page in. Uh, in June of 2020. Oh, However, okay. the explosion started at the beginning of November, two months ago, you know, last month. Of this, of of this month. month, okay. Yeah, but before then, I was about 28,000 uh, fans and uh, about 35,000 uh, followers. Now I'm at 83,000 followers today. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, 
this is amazing. So uh, I'm learning something new every day. Did you think that it was going to hit that hard? I had no, I had no idea. I couldn't, I couldn't conceive of that kind of a blessing. Right. It was, it was out of my imagination. Uh huh. Out of my imagination. But I realized that um, what happened is some fan or some group leader saw something that I had, and they put it in their group, and their group went bananas with it. And so that's what's happening. My so they're stealing was, your content. Oh, okay. And you you own the you own the rights. No, 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 because a lot of the stuff that I have, you know, I got it from somebody else too. So we share it. So you're sharing, that. you're sharing, you're sharing helpful information. Exactly. All right. Simple language tips. So now, with, with, so so it sounds like you're able to help. So have you ever had a mother bring their daughter or their son and say, "Hey, can you explain?" Because I'm not, I'm, you know, I want him to hear it from a man or vice versa. You know, you know, what I'm saying, have you ever had that happen in a sense? Because you said something earlier about that when you had when you when you knew you about your purpose at five between five to fourteen you. No, you had it because the problem now is that their children, the middle school is the the touchy feely, you know, point of the children's lives. And how do we? Do you ever advise on those levels, like in respect to like? uh, My son has some friend. I don't like it. But it's healthy for them, from what I'm hearing. It's almost like their social growth. I haven't been approached by that yet, and, uh, and and I'm okay with that because I've been dealing with you know adults. I want to say from twenties on up. Okay, so that's why I was trying to find where your range is to help. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say really from probably about twenty three to or twenty five up to about sixty. And beyond sixty, they're too they're usually too paranoid. And uh, below twenty two, they can't hear what I'm saying. Well, at sixty, she's telling you, "Can you just tell Frank to come on home? He's been doing this shit for thirty years." You know, like not coming home, right? <laughs> Would that be the case? I don't know. <laughs> no, usually if they're in their sixties, they're looking for a new relationship. <laughs> okay. Well, my uncle passed, and he was married with the same woman for seventy one years or something like that. Oh my god, I love it. And you know who just passed? Um, the car. Who? What? The um. The longest marriage in U.S. history is the last president, that's wife that just passed. Oh, you talking about Jimmy Carter? I would believe so. That's what this claim. Yeah. But my so uncle was claimed to be married for seventy-one years. That's what they said at the at the funeral and everything. Mm. Uh, how old was your uncle? He was ninety-one or something. Mm. 
and they came from the south. So I, 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 that's why I was waiting. You was telling me thirty years. I said, Nah, they got he got another forty on them. Yeah, and, yeah, I say thirty plus, thirty or more. This is what I'm saying. When it gets to that point, have you noticed that the women or the, or the men they, they? I I believe this. If you don't really love her or she loved you, I mean, really love you to want to see you do well, the way you felt, right? That's how you right. felt about that person, right? You said? Right, right. That's when it, it anything can happen. But if it's if you got that going forward right. and you really want to see that person do well in life and you, you love them, you know, all that, all that, right. you you can get past the, 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 the nagging shit from, I don't know. I mean, am I wrong? I don't know. I mean, you know, and and women put up with a lot of shit, you know. So I, I think, you know, you, you meeting you is a wonderful thing because, and then you seem very religious, no? Because you was at the house of prayer. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm spiritual, not religious. I actually tried out and went to seven different religions, and I realized that none of the religions give God my credit, so I'm not religious no more. But now... Spiritual. Okay. Okay. I listen to I listen to my spirit. I listen to the spirits that's in other people. There's some time I'm a spiritual channeler, man. There's some times I'm talking to somebody, and their spirit tells me what to tell them. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Okay. Now that you said that, bro, we had I had I posted something yesterday, I believe, and I'm gonna break out her conversation out of that overall day was like you know i was podcasting going to vendors and vendors and then this the mother says she channels you know and i and i forgot the term but i think it's a she used card tarot tarot something tarot she's a tarot yes 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 and her daughter was giving me the eyeballs while her mother was talking but i didn't say nothing to that i hope they're not listening to this shit tonight so how do you become that and when people meet, you know, like I went to someone's home, she invited me and she had a little shrine over there, Sheshe, you know, and then they're burning that white um, stuff that cleans the air. I forgot what they call it, but I know this shit stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does that, how do you become that or is it implanted in you and then when you do, it almost seems like you have an advantage if you're able to channel, right? No, to pick up spirits and, and things. Yeah, well, here's the thing that people don't know. Every single human being on this planet has the capacity to be a spiritual channeler. Here's why. Okay. Three, there's got three points in this. One, I've seen my family, or most of my adult family is gone, have left. I've seen them in a the casket. And I'm like, they're not there. That's not who I was. That's not my dad. That's not who my parents were. That's not my grandmother. They, that face there, that face is only their body. Their spirit is gone. Number one, I've seen that too many times. Number two, I saw both of my daughters come out of their mother. I saw them born. And I saw that they came out of that body and then all of a sudden the energy in the room, they amplified and then it disappeared and went right into their body. So I saw their body, their spirit, not physically, but I saw their spirit energetically enter their body and they've been living through their spirit ever since. That's the second thing. The third thing is we, um, have, have you ever seen any near death experience movies, videos? In, a, in, yeah, like somebody can think they damn near, well, they went in and out. 
I guess. I don't know. I would use the term. I will leave it like that. Yes. Yeah. So if you, one of the things that you will notice about those, those videos is that the person who left the body, they're being spoken to by somebody, some spirit or, or multiple spirits, but nobody's mouth is moving. They're mm-hmm. just and, and, and intellectually mental and mental telepathy with each other. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Not the word telepathy, but I was going to say a mental um, connection to a degree that yep. the imagination is blown. Right. It happens in all of this uh, near-death experience moments. And so what I found out behind all three of those things is that we are all capable of mental telepathy and also capable of our spirit, connecting with our spirit. But we don't believe it and we don't give ourselves permission, so we don't look to our spirit. Because mm-hmm. we don't realize that we have, our spirit is talking to us all the day and one time, but we don't know that. We think it's just our own brain. We just uh, think we're just talking to ourselves. So we, we need to do that. That's that's something I'm going to be giving to humanity down the road. Because uh, I already got a concept around it, but I can do some other stuff first before I get there. So you got you got you got something for humanity. So we're gonna be waiting. We're gonna we're gonna you know you always welcome the come on because this is kind of interesting and I won't, we'll see how it you know people see. But and you know you 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 it just it's incredible. And back to what you were saying earlier, I met someone a long time ago. That was my wife. She was a white girl. She came to New York. I was I've never I honestly believe that I probably would have been married to that girl. Because we were cool. It was almost like, you know, and I never, I can't, I, you know, with all of the wonderful and, you know, sacred friendships and relationships and friends that, you know, and that's even the touch of a hand, you know. Don't always have to be, like, making love like a monkey and shit. Right. You, I think it, when it never leaves your spirit and soul and, and, and you know, is is this crazy because... Most right now, somebody like yourself and maybe others, especially, um, I see a lot of despair. I mean, not, you know, it, 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 what I see is like, whether you're white or black, green or orange, I don't see that spunk in us like before the pandemic, before other things, excuse me. And, um, it's almost like the folks that would protect their heart, you know, especially women. You know, I, this woman's going to tell me, I ain't had sex in 10 years. I said, I believe you. Hey, come on. I'm not judging nothing. But I'm just saying to lock in all of that in wonderful spirit and energy and all of what we, you know, people say, no matter how you express it, it just almost seems like we don't, we, we people cautious, especially me, because, you know, you don't trust somebody. You got to be careful. Physically, right. mentally, and who's got time to go backwards? Right. I mean, am I making any sense? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's where you can help in in, in respect, you know, and yes. all that. All right, so we got a little bit of the channeling. We got it. We, we went for. I got, I got one more thing for you. No, no, I'm not rushing you. I'm the, I don't want to, you know, you know, take advantage of your, you know, your time and everything. But if you, we, we're, we're open. You know, I, I'm. It goes for two hours. So I mean, if you, it's up to you. Whenever you, you know, you're ready and. And I hope, you know, this is the Facts in the Porcupine podcast. And what we're doing, this is the first time that we have. We had a coach before. Um, I met him on the pickleball court across the street. I went on his page and looked at what they were doing. And Tomas, good to remember his name. What's up, Tomas? Appreciate that. And um, and you bring, it seems like you, 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 um, you're doing, you're, you're coming in a practical sense. Because he was in 
because coaching, from what he stated, you're constantly, consistently keep learning. You keep learning because of the people you're meeting and the, the people that you meet that you coach help you become a better coach because you, you're coming across different, you know, challenges. Yep. yep. Okay. That's true. And by the way, uh, I'm going to give you one of my biggest secret ingredients. One of them is being a spiritual channel. So my spirit told me what I need to say to you. <laughs> that, that's the reason why you guys challenge. Yeah. Right, right. But the other you don't use cards and none of that stuff or no, 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 no um, garlic or nothing, right? Just right, exactly, exactly. Body to body, most, um, eyes to eyes. Okay. One of my clients, when I talk to him, it's not two of us talking, it's four of us. It's my spirit, his spirit, me and him. I mean, dying laughing while his spirit tells me what to say. Yeah, we both be dying laughing. Yeah, that's real thing. The other thing, though, is um, I'm, I'm here to help raise the consciousness level of humanity. There is a book that I've been reading on and off since 2005. It's called Power Versus Force. You should check that book out by David R. Hawkins. And this book is about somebody who used uh, a science called kinesiology. And one of the elements in kinesiology is called muscle testing. Have you ever heard of muscle testing? Really? I'm not going to agree. I don't, you know, I'm the kind of guy like, I have a sense of what she's saying and I do have, but I, I, I've heard sometimes it's just, let me keep quiet and let me hear it. Muscle, muscle yeah. testing is where even you get more energy by extending and, but you go ahead on because then you. Okay, so muscle testing is basically you lift your left arm straight out. To right. Your, mm-hmm. and, you know, physical stuff, your, uh, your, your equipment, metals and stuff, mm-hmm. jewels. And then uh, somebody puts two fingers on your, on your left wrist and then they say something and you push down and it'll either go down or depending on if it's strong or weak. Mm-hmm. If strong is true, if it's weak is false. And so he used muscle testing to determine the different levels of consciousness of humanity. So and that that means you you're sticking out your your, your right or your left, and no, another says do the left or whatever. The left and a person is going to put their two fingers on the top of that and tell you to either rise or or. or well, you just make a statement or you ask a question. Okay. And then as soon as, as soon as you finish the statement of the question, you push down on the wrist with your two fingers with the person. And Right with the person, and the person don't have to say nothing, they don't even have to understand what you're saying. But, um, if their hand goes down, that means it was weak or it was wrong or it was a lie, not true. But if it stays up strong, it was uh true or it was uh, accurate or it was healthy because you received you received the body, didn't have to um flinch or move, right? The energy of okay. the universe could just do all that connection to the energy of the universe, stabilize. Okay, I got you. Right. So uh, use a muscle test and you determine that humanity has 17 different levels of consciousness. And he describes them in detail in multiple books in his, uh, in his book series. The Power of Divorce is the beginning of it. Uh, he talks about the collective consciousness of the universe. Uh, he talks about something called M fields, otherwise known as morphogenetic fields, which is where, you know, people have mental telepathy to some degree and they come from the same level of, of awareness. And so I use uh, the consciousness level awareness in my coaching as well, because I can tell if somebody's got a low level of consciousness, a middle level of consciousness, or a high level of consciousness. I can hear it in their speaking, but they don't mm-hmm. even know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. For example, people with the lowest level of consciousness, they can't hear or understand what you're saying unless what you're saying is how they see things. 
Mm-hmm. They can only see things their way. They can't see things any other way. So they're like, how come you don't see things my way? What's wrong with you? You can see things my way. They try to make you understand them rather than try to understand you. Because they don't realize that it's easier for you to be able to understand up to 100 people than it is to make even one person understand you. You don't know that. Uh, repeat that again? Hold on a second. What, say that again? Okay. It's <laughs> easier for any human being to yeah. understand as many as 100 people okay. than it is for you to make even one person understand you. Okay, okay, cool. So so the more easily you are able to understand other people, the more they start trusting you and listening to you. Exactly. You know, so you're training how to listen by you doing the listening because we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I use I use um, uh, the, the levels of consciousness uh, in order to be able to speak people speak to people the way they need to be hearing, so they can I can help them raise their consciousness level. And as I'm teaching them around personal development, teaching them around relationships and, and communication and all kind of stuff. So that's great. They, that's great. Then they don't know it, and I found out through content creation, which is another one of my things, is that um, you need to know how to over deliver to people. So what you do is you give them what they want, and then you give them more than what they want. But they didn't even know that they wanted or could benefit from. And then at the end, they're like, dang, man. They don't say the word over-deliver, but they have the experience of, wow, this was more amazing than I thought it could be. And then they want more. Yeah. No, but it gives them enough to absorb something so they can don't lose out on yeah, that. makes right. Really? So now, um, yeah, okay. But that channeling is, is, is kind of weird. Is there anything different between using the cards and then doing it the way you do without the cards? I'm sure there is. So I'll tell you. <laughs> That's why I asked that. <laughs> I like the laugh at it. What was that? So, so I've been I've been listening to my spirit and listening to God talking to me since 2000. And um, one of the reasons why I knew that, that my spirit or that God was talking to me was that God would say things in ways I would never say it. So I knew it was in my imagination, you know, with this stuff. It was like, I don't talk like that. I must have been God. Mm. <laughs> so um, one day, this is 2011. Um, one day I'm sitting in my apartment. I was living in Jersey City at the time. I'm in Brooklyn now. But I'm um, sitting in my apartment. And I'm sitting in my my, my, lot, my library room, which is also my meditation room. And I'm sitting in there. And I was used to hearing, you know, voice come to me that wasn't me. Uh, so I heard this voice in my head say, hey, bring up that book over there. So I picked up the book. It was called uh, The Road Less Traveled. Hmm. So I said, okay. I said, go to page 36. I go to page 36 and I'm reading it. And, and the summary of the page is that, you know, you ask God for a lot of things and you pray for a lot of things and all of that stuff. But it would be good for you to find out why God created you so that, so that you could uh, have a, a greater life and, you know, you could make God happy too. I said, wow, I never thought of it like that. Because all I did was ask God for this, ask God for that. So I sat there for a minute or two. It wasn't a whole two minutes. I sit there and I'm meditating. I'm thinking, just pondering, like receiving it, you know, letting it in. And then all of a sudden, this voice says in my head, hey, I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm a spirit. I'm not an it, a them, a her. I'm a, I'm a he. I'm a guy. Talk to me like I'm a guy. Then he shut up. And about a minute later, I died laughing. I'm like, look at the introduction. Are you kidding me? 
I'm like, listen, Tony don't talk to Tony like that. Tony never even said that kind of word. So I know it wasn't me, but it was like, it was like he was, it was like he put a microphone into my head and started talking to me like that. And I'm like, oh. Ear blasting you. Like, oh my God. And ever since then, me and my spirit, his name is Aaron. Me and my spirit, Aaron, talk all the time. You know, he, he, and uh, my training period time, is you the first, might be one of the first people that tell us this. My training time, my education time is between, say, uh, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Okay. You know, in the middle of the night, I wake up and he's awesome. He's got lessons for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take it. <laughs> well, we're, we're, well, fortunate for me, you know, and, and we, um, whatever, we, I got a platform that is almost like, I truly believe that the way I conduct myself and even for you being my guest, that I want, they can get the sense that the type of good hearted people we are, you know, so any, mm. when I see people downloading from all around the international and shit, like I'm, it tells me I definitely have to have a responsibility to put, you know, you know, do the right thing. And then by you coming, because I just felt that, you know, like, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, how we met. Somebody brought this gentleman said, hey, you need to meet this, you know, need to, you know, we need to meet. Now that was the photographer. Now I used this, you know, you know him, right? I I, I really what's his name again? Because I, I haven't seen C2. him. C2. C2. I, oh yeah. He used to just mosey along and just take freaking pictures up in Albany. We would go up to Albany and lobby. So did yeah. you meet him through the action network or did you? Yep, yeah. yeah. that's where I met him. Yeah. That was my first time coming. Okay. I've never been there, and I think they should really take care of the place a little. We came there to look at the system with whatever they did, because the organization, uh, the guy that called me, you know, they do things for churches, and they do an MLK 24-hour uh, repair thing for any non-for-profit, whatever. So that's how I wind up there. But I did not know I was coming to the house of, um, what is it, the house of house prayer? Of house, house of Justice. House of Justice. And I, I don't know if the line, it was pretty good. Now, do you often go? Yeah? Yeah, I go there almost every week. Yeah, I've been there. I started, the first time I came here was August of 22 last year. So I come here very regularly, yes. What makes you go? Um, I'm committed to their commitment. I love their commitment, but they can use new brains. So I'm looking for ways for me to give them what I have to offer so that they can be more effective at what they're doing. I think, so I'm there to transform mm -hmm. them and to support them and, and, and doing what they really want to do. Now, Sharpton has a a, 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 a difficult um, atmosphere, you know, like how, whether it be Jew, white, non, black, you know, people. Um, what I got out of there is uh, a 60-year struggle that's not complete. Yes. And, they, and, it's a, and for, for all those who are listening, the black dynasties, as far as this, basically this almost like, hey, everybody needs housing. Everybody wants food. You know, everything we have is like shitty to me. Right. And for me to come there to see just the front entrance the way it is, I can I can beautify that in no time. That's no big thing. And like you just said, they do need that. But I was taken, I actually went to the pastor that the female's church this morning. Mm. Well, she doesn't have a church. She live streams it. She's getting space and restoration. And that's like upstairs. And then I would try to make it back to my church because my pastor, I wanted to hear him out because I think he's got a lot of downloads, man, you know, and and um and I wanted to let him know he needs his own podcast because if they're hitting the you know, I 
when I go sometimes, I'll record because I'll play it back later when I'm home. You know, I got one guy, Figueroa, man. He gave, if there, if there was ever a political message sent from a pastor to everybody, whether he was a senator, if you was in that church on that day in Albany, you got, you got really some words handed to you. So that was my experience. And that's how me and this gentleman, Tony, met. And um, and I'm glad I met you. I, I, I've, I've never... You know, you you know. I, I mean, you get a lot of cards. You meet a lot of people, and then for them, that you know, you sound just you sound like you know what you're doing, but you're using your own experience, and sometimes that can't go wrong because you've been there and done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my one of my uh, things that I described me as one of my messages is uh, that I am uh, I done messed up so much I only know how to do it right. <laughs> I'm the Thomas Edison of relationships. <laughs> do you plan on ever getting married again? Yes, absolutely. I got my eyes open, but I ain't waiting. And it's funny because you, mean, you got your eyes open. You're not what? <laughs> I, I got my eyes open and I'm ready, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not trying to rush nothing. So, uh, but I will tell you, since my Facebook page blew up, I got all kinds of women hitting on me, flirting with me, man. Oh my god! Well, you gotta hold the line because I, when I'm podcasting, I'm flirting my ass off. But you know what it is? Um, it's a beautiful. It's almost like you use the word humanity, and I use it a lot too. If somebody is smiling in your face for that moment in time, yeah. they're happy. Yeah. Now, women are always going to be in the driving seat, because you know, you know how it goes. But I just think that people are looking for genuine friendship and and relationship. Like I met a young lady; she was walking down the block. It was a white female. She's from Europe or whatever. Uh, she got married. But then she caught cancer. And the freaking guy that she married, and she's far from anybody. She, he said he didn't sign up for that. I thought that was mean and cruel, you know. And she got to stick this shit out because she got the health care. You know what I mean? So when people, like you said, you know, you, you're mending these type of um, behaviors, I guess, or, you know, I, 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 it's, it could be tough sometimes, you know. And, uh, he told on himself. He did what? He told on himself. To me, what you just said. Well, that that's hard. Well, that wasn't going to work after that. I uh, know, and what he told himself about it just now is that he knows what he, what he just told himself is that he doesn't know who he is, he doesn't know what love is, and he doesn't understand relationships because it could happen to him, right? And then what's 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 somebody going to do for him? Well, I got the blockbuster question for you, and I think everybody out there that's either listening or will listen once they you know because you know you can see the chart who logs in and all that COVID was something i i, I was you busy <laughs> no, no, actually, I COVID. you know what i mean like being there there was people locked in for just 90 days and couldn't deal with it yeah. and my aunt did yeah. divorce like unconditional uncontested divorce like boom 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 yeah we i had to go to the court it must have been 500 or more and some people got married for the same sex thing to make citizenship but one lady, she came in. I said, sweetheart, how long y'all been together? All this time. She told me the years. I said, damn, man, nothing you can do. She said, I'm done. You ever get those? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I didn't get any. Between uh, to, uh, the end of 2019 until uh, 2020, 
I had it terrible. I was probably the first in Brooklyn because that shit will kill you. People don't know when you when they say they got COVID. No, you need to get cold, cold, COVID. The China COVID, like Trump was saying. <laughs> yeah, I had gotten it uh, April, and uh, it looked down a month later. I was going to a hospital. I was there for five days, man. You had to go to the hospital. Yeah, I had to go to the hospital. Thank God you got home. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, hey, we've been on for a minute, and um. You're always welcome. I would love to um, let you, you know, I mean, you know, plug yourself into your channel, ladies and gentlemen. I think, if anything, we had a coach on before, but I think this, you know, this gentleman, he got a lot of tentacles. He's got a couple of, he's got, it seems like he got a 20, 20, 20, um, 20, 20 round curricula because, you, you know, you got the seven and the 10 and the other. So there's no way in the world. Anything that you got going on can't get rectified, right? I would say. Yes, yes, yes. Matter of fact, my best relationship couples course, I call it the Relationship Mastery Roadmap. And what that is, is the top five categories that a person needs to master about themselves in life, uh, in a relationship to become the best relationship partner it could be. I give them those five ones. Part of it, one of his wisdom, one of them's love, one of his communication, but then also about the different elements that you need to master in those areas, and they get homework assignments on so dealing with the definitions and then looking at them throughout the rest of the week, mm -hmm. and they could do this to come together so they could actually grow up, mature, and become uh, masterful at, in the relations where. At. But also, see, people don't realize they they want to be in a great relationship, but they don't realize that they need to be a great relationship partner for that to happen. Give us one element of that. Okay. Somebody um, wants to be, a, uh, needs to be a better at communicating. Okay. So it's one thing to know how to use verbiage and vocabulary, but it's another thing to know how to use patience or know how to be a listener or know how to understand people or get people, help people understand how to become understood. Okay. And so there's there's so many elements to communication that people don't realize. They just think those words are coming out of their mouth. That's it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another area is wisdom. So wisdom is knowing how to take what you learn from somewhere else and apply it to this area here. So one of the skill sets that I give people in that particular area is called extrapolation. Uh, you've heard that term before. Um, to a degree, and not 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 in relationship sense. Yeah. Okay, so so extrapolation is in effect turning yourself into MacGyver, mm -hmm. <laughs> where you can take what you learn, you know, from sports or from you know uh, contests or dancing, and bring it to your relationship so that you can improve your relationship skills. All right. All right. So uh, that's one of the things that people need to know. They also need to know where they are in the, on a scale of one to ten in those areas. Right. So I give them that, so that when they can see each other, then they can actually come together and create, they create what I call a relationship charter, which is you know the, the relationship version of a business plan. Or business <laughs> okay, make sure you so, don't do this. Make sure you do that. Right, because you want to be on the same page with this person. You don't have to be. You don't have to be identical. You just need to understand each other. Uh, and know what to do with each other, you know, like the eighteen. They, they didn't. They wasn't identical, but they learned how to get together. Yeah. And one thing I, I we don't want to over miss is the word honesty, no? Yes. That's integrity. Yep. 
Okay. Well, I did something recently. I, uh, you know, we reach into that 1030 point because I'm being so grateful. I did. Um, the woman, the crossing guard friend drove, was cracking me up. She said uh, some shit about some eggs. You know, she was referring to men eggs. Uh, the lady crazy. But then she told me, because she'd been with a man for some certain period of time, she said, I know when his ass is lying. <laughs> he starts to rub his nose or something. Like, that, that, it's, I did the podcast. I got to re-listen to the podcast. I cracked up. She said, oh, yeah, he lying. I said, come on now. Stop that noise. She said, excuse me. His ass is lying. And, and then, she, then she starts to pressure him to beat it out of him. Like, she doesn't say much. He sweats it out. He almost like she said, "You gonna tell me soon?" <laughs> you know. Anyway, love is love. Colombo, she's being Colombo. Whatever strategy she got, they've been married. They've been together for 20, 30. She said, "Excuse me." I gave her an extra year. She went bananas. She said thirty-two. I said thirty-three by mistake. She said, "I said thirty-two. I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> well, anyway, it was wonderful to meet you and. uh I uh, I just you gotta plug yourself in, let everybody know. Hope you want to come back, and maybe somebody will have a question down the line that are listening, but then come into the to the uh to the studio. But yeah, 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 yeah. Your web. I'm gonna put my glass. Your website is www.tonyvera.com, and you. Uh, I guess that's the best one, right? That's the yeah. www.relationshipmasteryinstitute.com as well. That would be so better. Yeah, hit, that, tell us that one more time so they can hear it right. Yes, www.relationshipmasteryinstitute.com. And is your phone yeah. number available for everyone too? Uh, well, uh, I, can, I can give it. That's fine. 347 Text me first because I don't answer. Exactly. I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, text me, tell me what's up, and then I can answer you because I'm not picking up most scam numbers. No, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And then also, you should find me on Facebook, either Tony Veer, but you'd be better off finding me at the Relationship Mastery Institute Facebook page uh, because I put up between 10 and 12 uh, tips every day. And these are all no charge? You don't, you don't, you don't. Yeah, just post. They just post with information on it, man. That is a wonderful thing you're doing, and and then and then if somebody wants the services, then you talk, you talk monetary and all that other stuff, right? Correct. Correct. Very fine. We want to, um, you know, I, I, like I said, um, we have a clean and wonderful audience to the point where that 